Hey, this is Mike Brake, and I'm the pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. I want to say thank you for stopping by our podcast today. We really do believe that you're only one step away from the relationship with God that you've been wanting. So I hope the message today gives you encouragement, gives you some vision so that you can take that next step towards freedom. Enjoy the message. It's just so important what you say about yourself. It's just so important. Um, this little video that I made with my daughter and her friends, um, it just when you watch it, doesn't it make you feel like, yeah, they should be saying that about themselves. And uh, I think that we should be saying the same kinds of things, right? Um, before we get too fired up into this sermon, I want to just take a second and, and tell you how grateful I am to be here. I am so proud of Mike. I'm so proud of you guys. Um, the excellence with which you, you come at everything is just really um, inspiring. It's honoring. Um, I was telling the, uh, the team before, uh, before the service that it, it feels like it's the same spirit that I, I preached in earlier at my church. We have an early service. It's the same spirit here. We're the same body. And I just get to continue on. And it's such a blessing for me to be here. Uh, so I really appreciate it. Mike, if you're watching this, I appreciate you. I'm proud of you. I think you're doing a great job. Keep it up. Um, I think that you're building the kingdom, and I'm, and I'm proud of what you guys are doing here. Um, yeah. Uh, would, you, uh, would you do me a favor? Um, we're going to declare some stuff over ourselves before we, before we start. So um, if you'll stand up. I usually I don't like to give directions like this from the, from the stage, but um, I want to today, so I'm going to. Um, so if you could put up the first declaration right here. This, I didn't invent this. This is something um, that, I, that I heard, but I, I love it. I think it's a great um, introduction to what we're going to be talking about. Let me say it first, and then we'll say it together. I cannot afford to have a thought about myself that does not have its origin in God. Say that with me. I cannot afford to have a thought about myself that does not have its origin in God. I have one more. Again, let me say it first, and then you guys can join if you agree. The enemy will attack me at my identity, but I will not entertain his lies. Say that with me. The enemy will attack me at my identity, but I will not entertain his lies. Thank you. You can be seated. Um, from what I understand, you're in the middle of a, of a sermon series called um, Dangerous Prayers, and you guys have been uh, exploring some prayers that, that might get you into a... Uh, a bit, of, a bit of trouble, maybe jump into the river with God. And, and this one, um, I, you know, from one perspective, it's dangerous because it threatens your identity. But from the, the other perspective, it's the safest thing you can do. The prayer that we're praying together is, Lord, define me. Show me who I am. Teach me about the person that you had in your mind when you created me. Show me who that guy is. And help me live into that. And so, the, although it's scary at times, it's the safest thing you can say. Because when God created you, He had a purpose. He had a destiny for you. And by destiny, I don't mean like these events that will happen um, towards the end of your life. I mean, who are you? I mean, who is your identity? Who are you? That's your destiny. Not something you're going to do in the future. Your destiny is who you are. And I want to see you freed up to live that way. There's a, 
there's several issues that are facing the church today, and I think that maybe none is more devastating than this lack of identity. And we have this individually um, and corporately. Individually, sometimes it feels like we're these consumer Christians where we, we come to a service, we, we pay our dues or our tithes, and we receive goods and services, and that's our religion. And I can't tell you how twisted that is. That's not what God had in his mind for you when he created you. But um, sometimes in the Western church, that's, that's what we, but we don't say it like that, but that's kind of what we're propagating, right? And, or sometimes we'll think about ourselves as, as weak, like we don't have the spirit that raised Christ from the dead living inside of us. Like we don't have access to the Holy Spirit so we view ourselves as weak, and when we come to a problem, we say, oh man, this thing might overwhelm me. Well, let me tell you something, church. God has never thought about you that this problem you're going through might overwhelm you and might sink you. You might not be good enough for it. Those are not thoughts that God has about you. Therefore, we can't afford to have them about ourselves, right? Feel free to, t- to talk back to me. If you, if, I don't know how you guys do it around here, but feel free to talk back if you feel like it. Another thing that I, I see sometimes in us individually is this, this low self-esteem that we guise or we disguise in this humility thing. So we feel like if we say something great about ourselves, um, it feels arrogant or it feels prideful. Like that can't be too good. That can't be true because it's too good. And so we say, well, you know, trying to be humble, I'm just not, I'm just not good that way. I'm just, not, I'm just not gifted that way. Let's, let's just let Mike take care of that because he's gifted that way. I'm not gifted that way. That's why I love that, that there are five of you going to be preaching in the next couple of weeks or something like that. I think that's great. You should step up and do that. Because my guess is in a room full, this full, there's more than just one preacher in the room. There's more than just one person that God has in his mind that is going to use their words to affect and shape the culture. And so I'm glad that you guys are stepping up into that. And it's okay to think good things about yourself. Let me tell you, God thinks good things about you. It's okay to think good things about yourself, church. It's okay to have a high opinion of yourself because God has a high opinion of you. Hallelujah. (laughs) Thank you for that. (laughs) Amen. Listen, like, we know he thinks highly of us because that's what he paid for us. If I'm going out to buy a car and I'm willing to pay X amount of dollars, that's what the car is worth inherently because I'm willing to pay it. You know, the housing market here is kind of going crazy. Why? Because people are willing to pay it. That's what the house is worth. If you take that same house and you put it somewhere else, it's not worth the same because people aren't willing to pay for it there. So either God got bamboozled or we're worth a whole lot. Amen? Because he paid a lot for us. So it's okay to think highly of yourself. It's okay to say, I have a destiny. I have gifts. God has, has given me everything I need for life and godliness. It's okay to say that about yourself because it's true. And church, we need, we need to have the same mind about ourselves as God has about us. The world's dying for people who just know who they are to stand up and live like it. 
And it's not just an individual thing, too. It's, it's a corporate thing. <laughs> Sometimes we, we think that, that our calling is to be judge of the world and not light of the world. Church, we've got to get that straight. We've got to get that right. God called us the light of the world, not the judge of the world. It's funny, that's the same thing he said about himself. He said, I'm the light of the world. He said that about you too. You're the light of the world. It's pretty, pretty high praise. We also sometimes we think that what we do doesn't affect the rest of the body. We think sometimes what we do here at Freedom Church doesn't affect Grace Vineyard, doesn't affect First Baptist Church, doesn't affect Calvary Chapel, doesn't affect other Christians who maybe don't have a, have a church home. What we do affects us all. We are all the same body. And if I have one member of my body that's not living up to what God has called it to do, it affects the whole body. So sometimes I feel like perhaps we have disabled the whole body by, by dismembering it. We need to remember that we're all the same. In fact, that's what the word religion means, to religio, to put it back together, to be part of the same body. Our religion church should be together, us together. That's why I love being here. I love that Mike called me up and said, hey, can you do this for me? Absolutely. Because I'm so proud to be a part of this body. Even though I don't, get a, I don't spend Sunday morning from 11 to 12 here usually, it doesn't mean I'm not a part of you. And that doesn't mean that you're not a part of us. Yeah. So, how is it that we, where do we go to get this from us, for ourselves? Where do we go to get our identity? How do we hear God's voices, God's voice in your head? You know, I've been a, a youth pastor for a long time. I just recently moved over to lead pastor, sim similar to Mike. I saw how good he was doing, so I thought, hey, I should do that. Um, and I've been telling my teenagers for years, you got at least three voices in your head. If you have more than three voices, maybe that's a different conversation, but you have at least three. You have your own voice. You have the voice of the enemy. You have the voice of God. So where do we go? How do we, go? How do we figure out which one's which? Right? That's the question. That's the question that my teenagers were asking me all the time. How do I know what I'm hearing God's voice or if I'm just hearing my own self? Um, and so we'll be, we'll be talking about that a, a little bit. And um, yeah, let me just tell you the first filter that I run it through. If it's loving, it's okay, right? If it's loving, it's not the enemy's voice, so I'm okay to act on that. If I, if I feel like what I'm doing is benefiting somebody else, then that's either God's voice or my voice. So let's go ahead and act on that one. Um, we'll get to the rest of those in just a minute. I want to read some scripture. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to, or your iPhones or whatever, uh, Matthew 13. It'll be on the screen if you, if you want to read it that way. So Matthew 13. We're going we're gonna to start in verse 3. This is just how we fight this battle. This is just some good practical advice about how we fight this battle. 
And it's in red in my Bible, so I know it's important. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose and they were scorched, but the sun rose and they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on the good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. And because his uh, disciples were a little bit obtuse, they go and ask him to explain it. And thank goodness that they did, because at times I'm obtuse and I need some explanation. So here's the explanation, beginning in verse 18. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown among the path. As for what was sown along the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown in the good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, another case sixtyfold, another case thirtyfold. So for a long time, when I read this parable and this explanation, I thought that the seed or the word was like some sort of gospel presentation or like the, the truth about Jesus or something like that, it had, had those kind of flavors. But when I reread this recently, it occurred to me that that's a pretty narrow interpretation of this parable. And it doesn't say that in the text. It says that the seeds are the words of the kingdom. That's exactly what we're talking about right now, church. The words of the kingdom. What is God saying to you? What is he saying about you? What is he saying who you are? So when, when we get to this and we see that this, how we treat the seed is how it grows, we can apply this to all different sorts of situations, not just the one that I mentioned earlier. Does that make sense? You guys with me? Okay, so um, this word understood, when it says at the end, for what was sown on good soil... This is the one who hears the word and understands it. That word understands, it's like, it means like to incorporate it into the whole. To behave and act like it's part of the whole. To make it part of yourself. That's the word understands there. Not just a mental ascension to what is true, but an incorporation into your life. You hold that thing tight and you believe it. And you act on it. And it's true despite what goes on around you. Am I making sense here that, that this, this thing, once we incorporate it, that's when it bears fruit. So the, the first group of seed is scattered on the, on the path and it didn't have any root. It wasn't incorporated and the birds came and snatched it away. You know, immediately when you hear a voice from God, immediately you will sense the attack. Maybe not every time, but it is very, very common that immediately you'll have it. Um, I, was, I was thinking through this, and I was trying to come up with some things that God has said about me 
um, in the past that I wanted to hold on to, right? And so one of the things that, that God told me in, in a vision several years ago was that I was to be a general in his army. And I, I, and I came up to my mind a few weeks ago, and I thought, okay, I'm going to start praying into that. And I started praying, Lord, thank you for making me a leader in the army. And you see what happened? The word immediately went from general to leader because general's too big for me. You see? The lie comes subtle. It comes quick. And it's always designed to reduce how good it is. Reduce your identity. Reduce who you are. Do you see what I'm saying here? And this is not about me, about being a general leader, but it's an example. So when you're in the quiet place and God whispers these beautiful things to you, you may hear immediately, oh, that's too good. Maybe let's just take that down a notch. Dial that down just two notches. But that's the lies. That's the birds coming to snatch it away. The next one is the rocky soil where it, uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't have any depth. It's not incorporated fully. It's not. And so when, when it comes up and it gets hot and it doesn't look like you're being a leader, you got a following of what, three people that you have influence on in your life maybe? A best day? Come on. A general? Are you serious? And those questions come. Or something happens to me where I, where I feel like my influence is being challenged or I use my influence negatively and it kind of all blows up and I hear those whispers, see? It was too good. That's not you. And maybe you've experienced this in your own world too that when things are going well, it's easy to believe how good God is in your life. When things are tough, it's a little bit harder. When God says to you, I'm going to provide for you, you don't worry about it. Don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. And when the bank account's fat, it's easy to believe that. But then something happens and you get some bills that you weren't expecting. And, and things start to snowball. And you think, oh, I don't know, God. It doesn't feel like that right now. Let me tell you, your feelings are great followers. They're terrible leaders. Your feelings will follow and add color to your life and add depth and passion, but they don't get to run the ship. Because if it's true, it's true no matter what's going on around me. If God is my provider, it doesn't matter what's in my bank account. That's hard sometimes. It's hard to not let the facts of the situation influence the truth of the situation. Do you hear the difference? The truth of the situation we need to hold on to. God is my provider. Everything else is negotiable. This is truth. It doesn't matter what is happening in my life to prove this wrong. It's true. Yeah. The last thing, uh, the last kind of negative type of soil is the opposite when it's going too good. You know? And then just the cares of the world kind of choke it up. And it's just, it's happy. Everything's good. I don't need to worry about God as my provider because I got fat stacks of cash in my room and I'm just doing great. So I step away from it and it kind of leaves. And then it becomes easy to pluck out. It becomes easy just to go and dig that out. Yeah. But 
if you incorporate truth in your heart, if you say, God, define me, and you believe it, you believe what he says, and you start acting like it's true, if you start letting your behavior flow from the truth that's within you, flow from your identity, you don't have to worry about what you're going to do because you know who you are. And all of your actions will flow out of that and you will begin to see evidences of it. You'll be getting to see God is increasing your influence. He is taking care of you. Those bills that you thought were insurmountable are not insurmountable. You didn't die from it. He got you through the day. And in your heart, you will have fruit 30, 60, or 100-fold. Church, this is, the, this is the benefit of having your identity set by God. Yeah. So where do I go to find the truth? Right? Where do I go to find this, the truth about me? The first place that you can go is the scriptures. This is a great spot to find out what's true of all of us. Um, you're a child of God. You've been adopted. You've been lavished. His love has been lavished upon you. You're a saint. You're not a sinner. You're a saint. Before the foundations of the earth, he chose to love you. You've been seated in heavenly places with Christ. You're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the earth. This is stuff that is, that's why it's so important to get in here and find out who you are. And when you see something, you, church, believe it. Regardless of what's going on in your world, believe it. You are the light of the world. Look, if you're not functioning as the light of the world, that's one thing, but that's not who you are. You are the light of the world. The second place you need to go to is in the quiet place. Get some specific words for yourself. God, who did you make me to be? Get quiet in your spirit and ask him, who did you make me to be? I know not everybody connects to God in the same way, and that's okay. Some of you um, maybe like to journal things out. I, I do this. I can't tell you how often I do this. I'll write a question. God, what do you think about me? And then I'll just let the pen go. And then I'll go back and I'll read it. And man, that's good stuff. Or maybe some of you are types of people who connect God like in nature. So go for a walk. It's okay. You don't have to have your prayer time in a closet. If God connects with you outside, go outside. We're not all the same. Maybe some of you it's in worship. And so when you're, when you're just underwater in worship and, you're like, and everything is so connected, ask God in that moment, who am I? What do you think about me? Or however it works for you. But don't be afraid to ask those questions and record them somehow and believe them. Go over and over again. Another way to find out some of these things is ask somebody to pray for you. Ask somebody to listen to God on your behalf. Um, I get this request all the time and, I'm, and I love to do it. So I'll, I'll bring up somebody in my mind, God, what do you think about them? And then I'll, I'll write it down, I'll send them an email. Hey, I just wanted you to know I was praying for you and this is what God said about you today. So I hope that helps you in Christ today. Find somebody, ask them. 
what, do you, what does God think about me? Um, one, other, one, other, one other way is look to where you're attacked. Because the enemy attacks you at your identity. If you have a bunch of thoughts in your head that, oh, I, I'm, not, I'm not good enough to speak up front. Well, we know that thought's not from God. So that might be a clue that you are talented enough. You are gifted in that way. You know what I'm saying? God, the enemy attacks you at your identity. So look for those, those whispers, those, um, those lies, and think, what if this is the opposite of what's true? And lean into that. Um, yeah. Okay, so, so what does this look like in my world? How do, how do I actually do this in my world? What does it mean when I go home today? Um, I have some, some advice here. Usually I don't do like three points. Um, you know, I'm not that kind of guy. It happened to be three, so it is what it is. So the first one is you attack the lies viciously, consistently, tenaciously with truth through declarations in your words and your thoughts. This is so important. This is probably the most important thing I'm going to say today. Do not give one single inch to the enemy. Do not believe those lies. Attack them viciously, consistently, tenaciously, at least in your mind, if not in your words. And, and I'll do this too. I'll, I'll be, I'm sure if somebody were like to videotape me, it would sound like a, I'm like a lunatic. I'm sitting in my office, then all of a sudden I'll just be like, no, that's not true about me. I'm a child of God. I've been given destiny and hope. I've been, I've been given everything that I need for life and for godliness. Every spiritual blessing in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. The same power that rose Christ from the dead lives in me. And I'll just start shouting this stuff out. At least in your head you got to do this. At least there, if not in your words. Words are important. That's why I love that video we had of the, of the girls declaring this stuff. I have the mind of Christ today. I make great decisions in every situation I face. I prosper in all my relationships. Before the foundations of the world, I was chosen to be loved. My prayers are powerful and effective. These are good things to be saying about yourself. So declare them. Number two... Allow the word to shape your reality. I've mentioned this a little bit already. Regardless of the facts of the situation, the truth is unchanged. Allow that to shape your reality. Allow yourself to see yourself through those eyes. It's okay, again, to think highly of yourself. Now, of course... Pride can get in the way, and we can get all yucky and gross and twisted up. You know, knock that stuff off, too. But to say bad things about yourself or to think bad things about yourself in the name of humility is ridiculous. It's a lie. That's a lie in itself. Look, humility is not thinking less about yourself. It's thinking about yourself less. Right? So we don't think less about ourselves. We just don't think about ourselves that much. We think about what God says about us. We act on that. We let that be our truth, and we go about our day. Because once this is made 
it's way in our hearts. Once it's, the seed is in the soil, it's going to produce fruit. So we live the fruit. We let this shape our reality. God, define me. And when he says who you are, believe it. Let it shape your reality. The last thing, um, the last part of this advice is laughter. Laughter is a powerful weapon. Um, I first came across this idea. Uh, I was in Africa and I met this guy named Pastor Surprise. <laughs> in, in Portuguese, it's Supresa. Um, I've, I've been fortunate in my life to meet people who I consider spiritual giants. And this is one of them. Um, he's been given 19 different languages supernaturally. That was his claim, and he, and he made the claim in perfect English, which he didn't go to school for. He grew up in rural Mozambique, speaking Makur or Swahili or something. And he, says, he said, well, I just put myself in a situation where I need a different language, and God gives it to me. Um, he's the only person I know that has, has claimed to walk on water. He said, um, God told me to go to the village, and there was a river between me and the village, and so I just walked on the water to get across the river. It's like, it's like the, it made the most sense to him in his mind. Like, well, of course that would. Um, his cousin was preaching to a village, and, and some extremists of a different religion captured him and killed him. And they said, if anybody else comes to this village with this message, we'll kill them too. And this guy, Pastor Surprise, went to the missionary base, got the loudest sound system that they had, and drove straight to that village and preached the gospel of Christ, and the whole village was converted. So when he says, I have some advice to you for your spiritual attacks, I perk up and I listen. He says, lies cannot stand laughter. The enemy cannot stand your laughter at him. So it works kind of two ways. You can uh, either, when a lie comes at you, you can disregard it and laugh at it as it's, you know, ridiculous. You can say, uh, and this is uh, something that Steve Backlund does in some of his services. They'll just have a line of people and they'll come up and they'll say some lie and then the whole congregation will laugh at it. So they'll come up and somebody will say, yeah, God's probably not going to provide for my needs this week. And everybody will just laugh. How ridiculous. How silly to think that God wouldn't provide for you. He's given you everything. What else is he going to hold back from you? He gave you his son. You're not, you know, all of a sudden now you're not valuable enough to take care of you and to feed you and to clothe you. Look around and just laugh at it. The other way is to allow the joy of the Lord in your identity to become so real to you that it just becomes laughter. It becomes smile. It becomes just joy in the Lord. Yeah. I'm going to ask the, the worship team to come on up. I was looking at that clock, and then I just realized that that clock's not moving. So I want to read one more scripture to you, and then we'll wrap it up. It's from Philippians 4, verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
Listen, church, peace and security comes from knowing who you are in Christ. You don't have to be worried about things because the peace that passes understanding will guard your heart, will guard your mind. It will protect you from the lies. Would you put the declarations back up on the screen one, one more time? Say this with me. I cannot afford to have a thought about myself that does not have its origin in God. Let's say that one more time. I cannot afford to have a thought about myself that does not have its origin in God. The enemy will attack me at my identity, but I will not entertain his lies. Say that with me, church. The enemy will attack me at my identity, but I will not entertain his lies. Holy Father, we love you so much. We are so grateful to you. And we ask simply yet bravely with as much genuineness as we can muster, define me. Guys, please speak those words that we are longing to hear. Give us the courage to believe them. Let us step out in bravery to a world that is hungry for people who know who they are. Would you define us? Thank you again for listening to the podcast at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. A few next steps that you can take coming out of this. One is head to our website and let us know just exactly how we can help you take your next step. Also, if we have had a positive impact in your life or in your family and you want to partner with us financially, you can go to our website and click give. That will get the message out so we can impact more people through this ministry. And finally, click the subscribe button. That way you know you get the latest content from the podcast as well as rate it, review it. That will help get the message out to others. Hope you have a, a wonderful week. Thanks again for listening.